0: Hi Slip Angle listeners, this is Rob from Fields Autoworks and Fields Engineering. We're really excited to be supporting great content on Slip Angle, and we hope you'll find your way over to our social media pages to see some of the exciting work that we're doing. Fields Autoworks has Cardinal Coupes being delivered, and Scioto Coupes in build for testing this summer, with more exciting models on the near horizon. If you're ready for supercar performance for under $70,000, or professional prototype speed for under $150,000, Stop by fieldsautoworks.com to see what we offer. At Fields Engineering, we have openings for major builds, arrive and drive customers, and medium to large engineering projects. We have capabilities ranging from whole composite body scratch builds to 3D scanning and printing to trackside support. We're also thrilled to be supporting regular guy racing with Colton Wade driving in GLTC and the exciting new Future Frontrunners initiative to promote women in club racing. As a Fields customer, you get the combined experience of IndyCar builders, IMSA veterans, aerospace engineers, and lifetime racers working on your next big endeavor. If that sounds like a team you're interested in working with every day, you can also contact us about our open shop positions. Find Fields AutoWorks on social media and at FieldsAutoWorks.com and find Fields Engineering on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.
1: How are you, man? What's going on, man? We have uh, Peter Krauss and Ross Bentley with us. Uh, this Is this the first time we've had three callers into our board? Is it going to get hot and overheat or anything? Uh, it'll probably be fine. <laughs> probably be okay. How you guys doing?
2: Well, I Good can great. feel the heat from your board uh, through my phone, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, the NJMP Life Weekend is coming up next weekend. Uh, we'll probably put this out in a day or so. Um, so yeah, we probably got 10 days or so. There are some HPD tickets left. Um, a few GLTC, a few HPD, especially for Friday, but, uh, you guys are both coming, uh, on behalf of Garmin, which is cool. Uh, we haven't really told anybody that, that you guys are coming and Ross has been on the show a bunch. Uh, and Peter has, he's become quite like the, the, the world renowned data coach and, uh, and, and, Sort of been doing some stuff uh, with you, Ross, as well. Um, And I have met Peter one time in like 2013 at VIR briefly. I'm sure he does not remember. It wasn't very memorable. I was just a little like, hey, I've seen you on the internet. I think you're cool. (laughs) (laughs) You're too kind, Um, Adam. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you guys. No, but seriously,
3: he doesn't remember you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, he does not remember me. That's totally fine. Um, I was at the VIR 13 hour, and I think Randy Popes had just rear-ended me. Uh, he was oh. in a Porsche. I was in an, in an old Civic. I love that story. And, and I point, I was. I was offline. I pointed him by, and he drove right into the back of me.
3: <laughs>
1: right, uh, right, going into South Bend. It was minimal damage. His headlights were all over the place, but our car had one little one, one little uh, dent in the back. But um, hey. I think I, I, think I met you
4: like during lunch, real quick. But, oh, um, wow. I, I hope you enjoyed VIR. I know it's a great place. It's certainly a place I love and. Uh, you know, New Jersey is a place that I really enjoy too, so it's fun. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a lot of experience at this track too. So. Well, it's fun. The, the developers of the track, uh, Lee Brand and, and a group of other investors, um, I've raced with Lee on and off for 15, 20 years, and um, he asked me to come up in uh, in August of 2008 uh, to validate the positioning of the curvings on Thunderbolt. And so I went up there and, uh, spent two days just putting in hundreds of laps, um, making sure that we could run all over the curbs and have a good time. And, and it's, it's a really neat track. It's got a great rhythm. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to race there a couple of times and win a couple of times and, uh, and go pretty quick. So, so I really, I really enjoy New Jersey a lot. So Peter, really maybe we can cool. take
3: a, um, uh, a quick aside, uh, Ross has been on the show a couple of times, and so I think people are pretty familiar with his background. Like, uh, uh, help fill me in a little bit. What? Uh, how did you get into this? What do you know about? And how did you end up now uh, on the Slip Angle Podcast?
4: Well, it's fun. You know, I uh, started out as a professional mechanic, uh, working on sports cars. Uh, I don't really want to say how long ago probably uh, <laughs> anyway too long ago and I started um like everybody does um with budget uh low cost competition uh, specifically autocross we had a, a great statewide championship here in North Carolina and I liked Italian cars so uh, that was good job security as a mechanic and um I really I you know I really enjoyed that and and had a good time working with other drivers to to help them go along and and when I got involved in road racing, uh, I became active in as many different organizations as I could uh, while still um, using my shop as a springboard to do my racing. And I love historic racing, and I'm, I'm actually probably best known in historic racing because the, the old cars are interesting looking and they're all very different. Um, but uh, about 15, 16 years ago, I sold my shop. And uh, decided to work one-on-one with drivers and at a club level, not at a professional level, um, and use data and the new tools that were coming out at that time to help people coach themselves. So instead <laughs> of my opinion about things, uh, I said, "Let's try this, and then let's try let's try A, then let's try B." and uh, and let the let the device tell us which is quicker and yeah. um, and that that was a very very effective thing to do and um, there weren't a lot of people there were maybe less than a dozen people doing this 15 years ago um, and and it it blew up and I uh, got up with Ross I guess uh, I don't know 10 10 or 11 years ago um, and we found that we had a lot of... Uh, uh, similar ways of thinking about how to help people transcend their own limitations or what they believed were their l- own limitations. And I was a real nuts and bolts guy. I am I, really about turn at this blade of grass, uh, hit run over <laughs> that fourth panel of the red and white curbing. Uh, look at this telephone pole. Look at that guardrail opening. Um, because I think that if people know where they want to go and know what they're going to do when they get there, they just commit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's really a rush. I mean, I, uh, have a lot of experience working with, um, you know, everything from civics all the way to Porsche cup cars and prototypes. So, uh, well, can I, I ask
3: a-, a follow-up question? Cause I'm interested. Please. Um, okay. I think a lot of drivers, um, may have this ability to drive a little bit by feel, But what you just described is almost um, the execution of, like, a a memorized routine. Um, How do you, like, uh, if if you find that that one driver, um, you know, tends to operate one way versus the other, what are the challenges um, in in trying to get them to to, uh, grow to that next level of um, performance?
4: Well, you know, I, I... think that this can be very deliberate and very reasonable and very gradual and incremental. I don't think anybody needs to send it to the point where they run the risk of damaging their car or damaging somebody else or themselves. I think that the best way to do it is to break it down into the smallest pieces, make the smallest pieces the best execution of fundamental skills you can, and then put it all together. And so what I like to do is, is ask people to break it down to the smallest level and say, hey, are we doing the best we can in every, every little control input we do in the car, everywhere we look, how we uh, tune into our butt uh, to, to get our butt gyro working and let the car slide around a little bit. And when people come back in and they say, hey, my tires are going off, I'm sliding around, I'm smiling because i say good you're getting out of your comfort zone you're going quicker and you're pushing the car very cool
1: yeah and so you guys are coming out uh to talk about garmin as well and you've been working with the new catalyst a bunch um but you've also sounds like you've also done a bunch of uh track side things what uh, what's your plan for being at grid life this weekend
4: well i want i want to hear what ross has to say because he has he has more experience so, than i do so, even uh,
1: ross be- has been to one of our events and he's talked with us for i think he's been on the show off and on for seven years now but it's some uh, of our uh,
3: highest listened to shows actually yes
1: they, I'm not, <laughs> they are I'm we should just bother ross all the time
2: but
3: uh, <laughs> not
1: yeah this uh those, uh, those uh, are the
2: shows where you have three listeners Oh, we've got four actually. When when you're, four, uh, maybe wow.
1: five. Sometimes I mean those are those are uh, they're bangers. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be a busy weekend. It's a three day uh, Friday. is a test day for HPD, but also a test day and early qualifying for competition. But Saturday, Sunday are the big competition days. Um, but uh, yeah, Ross, you've been yeah. to, you've been to one of our events before doing classroom stuff and talking. That was a while ago. That was like five years ago, though.
2: So. Yeah, I guess I actually been to one. At- gingerman and one at middle mid ohio so yeah i mean oh you that's guys right are, you were at a gingerman event also. Awesome. yeah you guys are kicking butt and uh that's why i'm super excited about uh, coming to new jersey with you guys um and you know garmin uh, i got involved with the development of the garmin catalyst right from day one and uh have had just some, a really cool experience uh me learning the development of of that product. And uh, and then uh, Garmin has kind of, I guess, I hate to use the word sponsored, but I guess that's really what it is. They've kind of sponsored me to go to some events and go and talk driving to drivers. And along the way, uh, have a couple of people come along from Garmin and put some Catalyst devices into people's cars and have them try it out. And I'm there to answer some questions about the catalyst, but mostly they're just the coach drivers. And I wander around, I sit in on some classroom sessions, I kind of go one-on-one with some people in the paddock area, that kind of thing. And as we were scheduling the New Jersey one, uh, we went, wouldn't it be awesome if Peter could come along? And Peter and I have done a lot of coaching and our virtual track walk things together. Uh, It's it's really cool, I think, that Peter and I, we are absolutely in alignment, but we come from that alignment from opposite direction. And uh, I often joke that, uh, you know, the differences between Peter and I is Peter likes to wear a tie, and the last thing in the world that I want to wear is a tie. Um, <laughs> it, it, and and that's almost, you can kind of look at the way we approach driving is the same way. Like Peter says, he loves coming in from the, you know, Turning at that blade of grass. And I'm more the, you know, let's get a big holistic picture of where we're trying to go and what we're trying to do. And, you know, very much, uh, you know, I, I think Peter uses data first, and the brain second, I use the brain first and data second. Uh, so we're both, like I said, in alignment, but come from different directions. And that's why we work so well together. So we're going to have a blast we're going to be talking driving and we're going to be talking catalyst and and if you let us uh you know maybe we'll in the evening we'll kind of do a little uh A. uh yeah,
1: absolutely no
2: we're
1: we're we're kind of like we're open to whatever you guys want to do we've been trying to do this for like
4: two years a year and a half so yeah um, Before it yeah. gets away I I just wanted to say that I'm really excited about going to my first Gridlife event and the reason why is because I'm I'm old friends with Luke Begrew and Gary Wimble and oh, a couple cool. of guys who have been absolutely enthralled and totally dedicated to Gridlife. So, and,
3: interestingly Luke uh, was the most recent guest on the podcast.
4: Yeah, actually <laughs> last week. Yeah. Well, Luke Luke bought his first data equipment from me when he had a big viper and mm-hmm. was in his viper phase and um and and i think luke is a is a great student of the sport and um and he started talking about grid life a long long time ago and and drug gary into it and then i found out you guys were going to Lime Rock this year which is a new track and 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 thunderbolt and you know i'm sitting there saying you know this is the future of motorsports and and i'm really excited about it i can't wait yeah, I I hope we put on a good show for you. It's it's not oh, like I'm a sure. festival
1: event, but it's it's it looks like it's gonna be a really good event. Um we've uh, we've got a pretty solid field across the board and a lot of regulars, but we're also excited to meet and a lot of new, you know, more east coast people that maybe have came to one or or no good lifes before. So um this is as far east as we've gotten right now, I think, right, Abe?
3: Yeah, the I think so. This is I, I think mean... the furthest
1: we've gone before was what, Summit Point? That's right. Yep.
4: Well, I yeah. think you know, Grid Life fills a fills a void that is is big on the East Coast, and I think there's a lot of people that are really going to get off on this and really enjoy it and really enjoy the experience. And I well, do hopefully. understand it's not a festival event, but it, it is an event nonetheless, and and it introduces the culture here. But yeah. uh, honestly, we're
1: we're we're excited. Not even we're not really planning on dipping our toes in the East Coast. It's going to be definitely a push. Good. Um, We had, uh, we, we've been working towards the West coast for the last three or four years. We've been doing like one event a year out there. And, uh, both of those will probably grow a little bit, even if it's just like a DE event here and there to support maybe a track battle round or a full club race round, but, um, yeah i'm i'm excited to uh for the drivers to be able to sit in on some classrooms and maybe uh get some face to face and one on one stuff with uh with you guys so we really appreciate you freeing
2: up your schedules enough to come hang out with us so
4: uh-huh, that's great well you um, know the the
2: the one thing that peter and i cannot we cannot not do uh we can't stop ourselves from coaching <laughs> you know we what that, you do <laughs> that's that's what we get our kicks off you know from <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh uh yeah, when we're there, uh, you know, our thing is always, you know, use us and abuse us. Uh, if you've got questions about driving, if you've got questions about data, about anything, um, you know, we're we're there to help drivers. So it's going to be a blast. I'm super excited about it.
1: Yeah, before the event, I've got to put down on the schedule like, a couple of. I think we'll we'll figure out when when we want to do a couple of dedicated like classroom sessions. But we're also kind of yeah. like. Not not really fast and loose, but we can kind of play audibles, too. So it can be whatever feels correct, and we can text out all the drivers because we use a mass text service for each event and tell them uh, what's happening and where it's happening. So that place seems like it's going to be uh, really, really good from a classroom and from a visibility. You can kind of walk the whole interior of the track. Um, you, it, you really, can. it really visibility, seems kind of ideal. Yeah,
4: visibility is great. Uh, uh, the grandstands are really good. Um, the... The whole track is uh, has got a great rhythm to it, and mm-hmm. it's really two different parts. So I think people will have a lot of fun uh, taking uh, stuff they know well now and making it even better. And yeah. earlier, you were asking if we were running chicane or no chicane. The chicane, I think, was developed mainly for motorcycle racing, correct? It was. Yes. As a matter of fact, there's another chicane on the inside of turn one uh, that is never used, yep. but there is, uh, you know, the one in in. Uh, in turn three is actually used for a couple of driving events where people are concerned about it. But I'll tell you right now, turn three, when you get turn one and turn two right, is a real test. And uh, and I would expect people to uh, really enjoy that and get a good sense of satisfaction when they do it right uh, once they get up to speed. Yeah, we're running the no chicane, like the traditional like That's great. You know, car layout,
1: I guess. That's what they yep. called it when we were there. So. To uh, yeah, re- really cool to hear that you were actually like part of the, uh, the final like, hey, where should we put these curbs? <laughs> so.
4: Well, it was very exciting because at that point, cool. there was no runoffs. There were there was no grade uh, grading. Uh, so if you fell off the four inches of macadam. Uh, the pavement of the asphalt of the track—you really went off, uh, and, <laughs> so you, yeah, and you really was, had to tell them and be precise. Huh? <laughs> oh my goodness, there was there was construction equipment: cat, cat, Caterpillar D8 bulldozers, sixty feet off the track. So yeah, yeah you boy. had to be pretty careful.
1: What were you driving the first day that you were there during the construction? So,
4: <laughs> the first general manager of the track uh, had a beautiful 1989. Uh Shelby uh, GT350R, and um, and we took that out, and boy, I'll tell you, that was really a lot of fun. Okay. I Thank think you- the YouTube video is still up, you know, exploratory laps at at NJMP. It's got like, I don't know, a couple thousand views already. Maybe we'll have to go look for that.
1: Yeah, jumping off of a, a racetrack with no grass next to it and a Cat D8 right next to you. It, it might, not be the, <laughs> might have been the most relaxing thing. Yeah. Oh, you
4: know, you just look where you want to go. That's my thing. <laughs>
1: but uh, so Luke and I last week, when I had him on the show, we um, we talked a lot about uh about vision and like keeping your eyes up and looking ahead towards the end of the podcast. um And we've got about ten minutes before abe turns into a pumpkin. Uh, do you guys have any any uh, any any like? solid advice for this event for for this track as far as like where should your eyes go or any just general like driving advice like if you're stagnating uh here's how to jump uh, jump ahead And I, it seems like a lot of what we're talking about lately on the show and, and in person at events is is uh, eyes up look ahead and especially in packs of racing um do you have any general advice as
2: far as vision stuff goes ross uh, well, I was just going to say, Peter, do you want to go specific to New, New Jersey? or, or you, uh, Because, you know, one of the things that, that uh, I'm a great believer in is, you know, we need to have more than just what I'll call physical vision. Uh, you know, there's one, one part of it is look far ahead, you know, see where you're going. But you should be able to mentally see that before you even get there. And yes. I think that's the piece that that. I would encourage drivers to work on as a as a as, as something to practice, something to focus on is you know before you can physically see something, see it in your mind before you get there and that's uh that can transform your driving. it can take your driving to another level
4: but but jumping on what Ross is saying, I think my advice would be start easy and add speed gently. Uh, because what you, the quicker you go, the lower your vision goes, and the narrower field of view you have. So if you can start out in the first session, uh, in the first couple sessions, um, you know you don't. I'm not asking people to crawl around, but I'm asking them to drive easy enough so that they can move their eyes around without worrying about it. Right. And really take in everything that's around them. Tree lines in the distance, grandstands, bridges, lights, worker station uh, covers on the, on the worker stations and, and just be able to look not only straight ahead, but also keep your eyes moving constantly left and right, taking it all in so that when you go faster, you're registering that stuff. You're ticking it off as you go by, but you've already put it to bed and it's, it fits right into what Ross is saying. You build yeah. a vision before you get there.
1: Build that and, and build the ability to memorize and visualize it with your eyes closed because yep. you actually looked at it, huh? Yep. Yeah. yeah yeah I think that's that's probably something a lot of people don't do. They try to go out and murder that first session, right? They want to be impressive.
4: they want to go real fast, right <laughs> Well, they want their name on top of the of of the timesheet you know right they, wanna, they wanna in competition yeah open up the app and and say, Hey, I have an advantage over so and so when mm-hmm. in fact, what they need to do is they need to invest a little bit of time and effort into putting the track to bed so that they can drive it without thinking about it, pushing yeah. into the subconscious. So Interesting.
3: I think I have a, a question that plays on that, but not exactly related. So in our grid life ecosystem, there is a, uh, a, a potential path for driver progression that moves from uh, beginners, intermediate, advanced DE, um, it's it's kind of a natural extension to go from advanced DE to, to go into time attack or time trial type of events, uh, which in in many respects is the same as a qualifying in a wheel-to-wheel type of racing weekend. And then we also have uh, our wheel-to-wheel series. Now, not everybody crosso- crosses over, and it's not necessarily a true hierarchy from, from bottom to top, but I'm interested... In, in both your perspective, Peter and Ross, um, as, as you coach drivers, how do you teach the skill of a time attack or, or uh, uh, the best possible qualifying lap to someone who maybe started with karting and was wheel-to-wheel racing for forever, but maybe didn't practice exclusively the, you know, that absolute perfect lap? And then uh, the reverse of that question also: How do you teach someone who maybe has time trial experience
4: how to become a wheel to wheel racer?
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we deal with both of those problems. Actually,
4: that's fun. That's that, that. That those are two awesome questions. And unfortunately, we don't have enough time to answer that as, much, as well as I would like. But but I'll just just quickly uh, you know just quickly say that um, getting somebody who's uh, Who's in DE moving to time attack? Time attack and qualifying, the, first off, the laws of physics don't know the difference uh about what car, what tire, what session, what group the person is in you you're you're always striving for that perfect lap. In order to drive that perfect lap, you have to know what that perfect lap is. so you have to practice accurately and with accuracy and then in time attack, you have to summon all of your concentration up and drive a 101 percent lap um, but only one you know so 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 you're just trying to nail every one. Um, the other way working with a time attack driver going into wheel to wheel, I've got to pull them back and say, whoa, 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 don't, don't don't do 101% every lap. Let's do 99% every lap and just click it off like a metronome looking through the car in front of you. Uh, be ready. Um, but, but relax your shoulders instead of tensing up like you would. To kind of add to that from, I mean, I don't have
3: wheel to wheel experience, but I've time attacked plenty. um, as, as you move into wheel-to-wheel racing, something that I think not many people uh, are, are, are is of top of mind is um, and when, when you're in time attack, you're trying to take the optimum line and execute it absolutely perfectly. But when you're, when you're wheel-to-wheel racing you may be forced into a position where you're not on the optimum line and you still have to execute that yeah. offline drive still absolutely perfectly.
1: Yeah, good luck doing the optimum line three cars wide, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and I would say that the one thing that it doesn't matter whether you're a time attack or wheel-to-wheel or HPD, think strategically about the event. And I think it kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier on is, you know, there are a lot of people that want to win practice. But There are no trophies given out for, for winning practice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so thinking about it, you know, kind of going back to what Peter was saying of taking a practice session, really focusing on taking in all the references, filing them, those away, building the mental model. And, you know, I, I always say that we do what we do because we're programmed to do so. And we don't do what we want sometimes because we don't have the right programming, the right mental programming. So I see a lot of drivers who in wheel to wheel racing who take forever to get up to speed whereas in qualifying typically your tires are best in the first few laps and they but they're, they're they don't have the right programming the right mental programming to get up to speed quickly so they don't take advantage of those tires time attack you have to do that so you get really good programming to be able to go fast fast mm-hmm. and it, it It is a skill or it's it's a program that can be built, though, and it's something that you need to practice. And, you know, a big part of it is getting yourself in the right state of mind before you're going to go and drive. So having that, you know, strategic thought about what is the real objective purpose of this session. And if it is qualifying or if it is time attack where I got to go now, then go now. That That's when you, you trigger your fast, fast program and you turn it on, and you go fast, fast. If it's a longer race where you maybe, as Peter said, you want to turn a bunch of laps at 99%, and that's what's going to win the race. So it's thinking that way and having that right programming to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, next weekend at New Jersey Motorsport Park, Peter and I will give you – all of the tools to be able to do that in three minutes. <laughs>
1: when, when you when you talked about wheel to wheel drivers coming up to speed slowly, I was like, "Oh, dang, that's me." <laughs>
4: <laughs> I know plenty of uh,
1: Adam. He 12,
3: mentioned people 12, coming 12, up 12. to speed. They didn't say just oh, consistently. Man. Slow. Abe, you jerk! <laughs> Ooh, what tough crowd.
1: What <laughs> a jerk! What a jerk! Yeah. I was only three seconds off of uh, where I wanted to be last weekend. Abe, wasn't that bad.
3: At least um, you drive. We,
1: I did drive. I didn't blow it up. That's a plus. At least I got out there again. But um, I, I, I really appreciate you guys carving some time out, and uh, I'm looking forward to maybe sticking a microphone in both of your faces in person too. Abe and I will both be there, and so maybe we get to bother you again in a week and a half. So,
2: yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things, you know, we are going to be bringing multiple demo units of the Garmin Catalyst. So if you've never tried one sign up and have us install a catalyst in your car. You can go and play with it for half a day. Uh, and it's a great way to try it out. If you already have a Garmin catalyst, the number of people, the number of drivers that have come up to me and said, you know, Hey, I'm using it like this. I'm going, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And they're like, really, you can do that. So mm-hmm. come and pick our brains as well. So if you have a catalyst, uh, let us help you get more out of it and if you haven't tried one yet uh sign up and try take one of our demo units out for a test drive
1: yeah i think in the driver email there's going to be a jot form with uh, with sign up stuff so that was that was on the plan hopefully that went out otherwise it'll be somewhere on the event page i'm not sure um but yeah search around look for that otherwise look in person and we should have should definitely have ability to, to help people out in person um it is a cool little unit, but a lot of people are just using it as a lap timer or a camera, and it's
4: little. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it is so much more than just a recorder, which is yeah. what most data systems are. It is actually proactive. So it's yeah, we, we, we talk about a lot of different
1: data systems on here. We're buddies with the Apex Pro guys. Uh, we I think we will have a show up pretty soon talking about Aim Solo and a new program that's coming out to analyze it. Um, and uh, yeah, the Garmin is. is I've played with a, with it a bunch. I've got like. a pre-production model um that they sent me a year and a half or two years ago before they came out but it's a really really cool little piece it's super interesting and it does like they all they all do things differently uh which is very cool everybody's trying to find a niche and fill a different hole and that's i think that's only good for for drivers is when everybody's all these systems are, are out you know it's not just the the dl1 or the the hot lap in your car that you have to put a beacon next to the racetrack anymore.
4: (laughs) It's ease of use is what it is.
1: Yeah. I I have an old hot lap sitting in the garage still. That's a little less easy to use, especially when you need to like get your 12 volt deep cycle battery. And like, then you forget it and you have to turn around and drive, drive back to the racetrack and pick up your hot lap. (laughs) That's right. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Thanks very much guys for being on the show. Uh, we really appreciate talking to you uh, and, uh, I plan to bring my gear. So uh, some of those questions that I ask, maybe we can get more long-winded answers.
2: Yeah. And where would people find out more about you too uh, real quick? Well, me, it's uh, speedsecrets.com. Simple, speedsecrets.com.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on Facebook. Also, uh, I have um, peterkraus.net is a site as well as gofaster.com
1: so that's, that's a good website actually wow. <laughs> cool we appreciate you guys very much tonight I hope you have a, a good rest of your night thanks
3: thank
2: everybody
0: thanks. thanks thank you see you at New Jersey sounds good Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jabay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker who mixes all of our terrible audio if you like the show please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pits Grid Live to say hello